Bismillah alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulullah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala Alhamdulillah we're back for another episode of the Fikra podcast This is your brother Mashhud and I have alongside me uh, Not really alongside me just virtually alhamdulillah I have Ustad Nuh uh, Sanders I believe I'm pronouncing it right Saunders uh, no, Saunders Allahum barik May Allah bless you uh, So a little bit about Ustad Nuh when I was, uh, you know, on Twitter and everything, um, I, I really got big into, you know, Quran advice, you know, Iman boosting conversations. And among those, I found a very amazing post. Um, and I think you pinned that. And that was the one that I found where on your Twitter that uh, you want to build. Uh, let me read it exactly, because it's a beautiful, beautiful post that I, I really, really like felt that someone from because I've always seen, you know, brothers and sisters in the UK, they're so um, very passionate about the Quran and its sciences. And, you know, I just felt like over here, we're kind of lacking, you know, and I wanted the the US crew to uh, kind of step it up, you know, just as a healthy, you know, competition, inshallah. So you said, my dream is to build a Quran school in every inner city, produce young black boys who aspire to be masters of the 10 recitations of Quran instead of rappers. That was, that was, subhanAllah, that was so beautiful. Like, wallahi, that, that really, like, may Allah bless you, and, and may Allah make that a true vision for you. Um, you know, so, um, a little bit of an uh, icebreaker. What, because I know you're a very big uh, coffee person, right? And, yes. and so am I, and I, I think we resonate on that. I love that so much. So, um, if you had to choose one for the rest of your life, which one would it be? In terms of, um, so see, this is how much I'm into coffee. So, okay. <laughs> so are, if we're gonna talk coffee, so okay, are we talking the 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 brewing style? Is it AeroPress, French press? Is it the the drip? Um, you know, when it comes to beans, that's something else. Then you gotta pick the right bean. But just to keep it simple, um, for my. And this is basically what I do from Tareem to Lebanon to even when I travel, you know, wherever I'm at, you know, Jordan, I take the AeroPress with me. Mm. And normally when I wake up, the AeroPress gives me what I, it's 100% what I need to get through the day. So I usually take an AeroPress with a dark roast, with a, with a spreksel, uh grind beans. And for me, that's, that's for me, I could call us, I can live with that. Mm. And I also that, based off the yeah. time of the day it is as well. So for yeah. like right before Fajr, the AeroPress, yeah, or Asr, then I'm kind of like a, a drip guy, V60 drip. Mm. Subhanallah. See, now it's like this is gonna go above a lot of people's heads because they're just like, oh, I, I just like the medium from Dunkin' Donuts, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Mashallah. So, well, inshallah. Um, I, I've ever, I've never had an AeroPress. I've always done the French press, or um, uh, you know, usually just French press. Like I really, I really do like that, you know, because it, it's kind of just like cool to watch, anyways. <laughs> but uh, I think yeah. the AeroPress, as far as, and I was told somehow that the quality of the water also matters. Yes, that is true. That is true, uh, and also the amount of water. So I use, I, I always use spring water. I never use like, well, one, I live in a third world country, so I have to use, <laughs> I have to use yeah, spring water. Use I, can't, I can't use the tap. Yeah, I can't use the tap. But um, measuring everything out in accordance to what you like. So obviously the baristas, they have one thing, but I, for me, I, I use three scoops in my AeroPress. 
and you, and you can measure it. So definitely, you, one advice that I have for people about coffee is watch the videos on YouTube and then kind of adjust it to who you are, what you like, how much caffeine you need to get through the day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, of course. Alhamdulillah, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's the jolt we needed, right? So Alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. So, uh, I know that you have, uh, I think you, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of inferring that you have a unique story with the, when it comes to the Quran. And I think that's what we, and, and obviously we should focus on that more now because I think we have around 76-ish days left to Ramadan. And that's the month of the Quran. Right. So uh, if you want to start and if I may ask, where do you think that your journey with the Quran like began and what inspired you to even continue it? OK, so um, early on in my studies, I really, really wasn't big on Quran and Tajweed and yani, Kira'at. even though when I was in Egypt, when I when I was studying Arabic, we studied um, Tajweed alhamdulillah, and we, we read to the sheikhs and Quran. But there was just like something we just had to do it was a necessary class to make sure that you know i passed the classes and passed the exams so that i could learn arabic but um when i got to tarim um habib Omar had suggested to me that i focus on sirat al-nabawi the, the biography the study of the life of the prophet and i did that for almost a year specifically just focusing on sirah and I, I memorized some books in Sirah and did some really deep studies, did some private studies and studies in Dara Mustafa as well. And I remember I was memorizing all of these books and names and dates and biographies. And one night, um, I thought to myself, SubhanAllah, yani, how can I memorize all of this? And I haven't memorized the Quran. And I was like, halas, like I'm making intentions to memorize Quran. And I remember um, I went to Sayyidina Habib Omar and I said to him uh, in a private meeting, I said, listen, in the West, if someone wants to study Tasawwuf, yani they can go to Sheikh Yahya and they can study the Ihya or the books of Imam Ghazali or the books of Imam Haddad, and they can get that from him. And, you know, me personally, like, this is someone that, you know, I would take Tasawwuf from even at the stage of my studies. You know, I love Sheikh Yahya. He's always been like a big brother to me. And I, and I said, and then likewise, in fiqh, if I have a really difficult fiqh question, I call Sheikh Abu Qurim. Of course, I call Imam Amin from Atlantic City, but you know, I'm seeing from the methodology of Dar al Mustafa and those who studied in Tarim, you know, we have Sheikh Abu Qurim Yahya. And I said, well, I can say, you know, we don't have anyone that if you have those hard questions about Quran or what is the Kira'at or the Ahruf Saba, I said, we don't have anyone in the West, especially from this methodology, Sayyidi, and I'm asking for your permission to yani, put a focus on Quran. And he said, <laughs> he said, go ahead, you got it. <laughs> so that's kind of really how it started. And then um, I went through a different process of um, different places that I studied because my recitation was kind of weak, um, alhamdulillah. And I remember I enrolled in a Quran school, Mahal al-Idrus, which is on the other side of Tarim, separate from Dar al-Mustafa. And I remember I went there and I memorized uh, a few ajzah of Quran but the, the, they didn't have enough time to specifically focus on me and give me the time that I needed. And uh, it was something that I was kind of upset about, but I didn't give up, you know what I'm saying? I, and this is, I think something important to anyone who wants to memorize Quran or wants to learn how to recite the Quran is that you can't give up, you know? And, you know, it was times where it's, memorization is hard in the beginning. Reciting the Quran is very hard in the beginning. 
And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed me to, to be able to study with the top Qadi and Tanim, say Ali Ba'alawi. Um, and he, I would go to his house every morning and, you know, he was like, okay, you need to start with a basic book, Qaidan Uraniya. And I said, okay, Qaid. Um, you know, I, I was kind of upset because I'm like, you know, I know Arabic. I know how to speak Arabic. And he was like, trust me. And when I went through the book, it really opened my eyes to the, the discipline that you need just for the haruf, the, the Arabic letters. And, you know, it was something that he really drilled inside of me. And that was, you know, alhamdulillah, when my recitation was like, okay, alhamdulillah, I started to see improvement. He would make me, and I give this advice to everyone, uh, record the class and then directly after class, listen to the class. So I would recite to him and then he would fix me. And then I could automatically hear my mistakes directly after the class. And then I was able to fix my mistakes a lot faster. And then also listening to Sheikh Mahmoud Khalil al-Husri and Dr. Amin Suwaid as well. So that's kind of the, the, the beginning path. Um, and then I eventually, uh, I stayed with Sayyid Ali Ba'alawi for some time. And then I came to Beirut to study, alhamdulillah, with uh, some of the Qurab of Damascus. So. Mm. SubhanAllah. Uh, that's, uh, that's a really like, like it's a, if you draw a map, like you're all over the place in Allah Mubarak. You know, yeah. it's, uh, and I think that's one of the signs that the Quran takes you places where you would never expect and you would find teachers where you would never expect, right? Yes. Imagine where, you know, you grew up here and you end up on different corners of the world studying what you didn't or did, you didn't even think you would be able to, right? Yeah. yeah and yeah. and I think that uh, especially with, with um, what, what I've also like dealt with where, you know, I've met brothers from the UK a lot where I never would have even imagined, right? Um, and, and I've met people over here as well. And solely basis of the Quran, like just because of the Quran, like, mm -hmm. right. And it, and it's, it connects people in such mysterious ways. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. SubhanAllah. The Quran, for me, um, coming from the inner city or the hood, as we say, right. Yeah. I've been able to sit with some of the biggest scholars in Quranic recitation, visit them in their homes, recite to them spend time with them, with their children, only because of the barakah of the Quran. I've been, alhamdulillah, I've been able to travel and meet people and doors have opened up for me just because of my love for the Quran and my desire to learn how to recite the Quran properly. Mm -hmm. um, so the Quran within itself, like, um, you know, I remember one of my teachers used to say that you think that you're, you're preserving the Quran but in reality, the Quran is preserving you. The Quran is protecting you. You, you, you're not preserving the Quran. The Quran is preserving exactly. you. So I see you also. Um, you post a lot of uh, Dr. Amin Rusti Suwaid. Um, so have you been in contact? Like, have you ever met him? Have you kind of been in contact, or are you just like like all of us, very inspired by him and his work, especially with just. Uh, like just tajweed, like, like it's not like, you know, high level Qur'at, it's just tajweed and then it goes, you know, slowly, slowly, slowly. Yeah. So I haven't personally met him. When I went to Mecca, he wasn't there. He was traveling and I sat with uh, Dr. Muaz Safwat, who was a main, he's one of the direct students of Dr. Amin. Um, so he had traveled, but um, alhamdulillah, right here in Beirut, I sit with uh, some of those people who know him. And currently right now, um, I was asked by those people who handle all of, it, all of his publications 
by the mercy of Allah, I've been asked to be the translator for his publications. So that's major, alhamdulillah. Uh, we were. I was gonna wait to to announce it, but alhamdulillah, you got the news first, bro. Alhamdulillah, you're the first one to get the news. That is so, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Yeah. So they sent me an email with a bunch of files. Um. So we just starting with some of his videos. Um. And inshallah, we'll move on. They they have some of his books translated, and um, I was originally asked just to go through the book and take notes of the other mistakes. And I just went to the publishers and I said, listen, there's so many mistakes in terms of the English that we would really have to retranslate it. So just keep it how it is. And if you guys need any help on any other projects, just let me know I'm here to serve. I don't want money for it. And um, I'm that they reached out to me and asked me would I be able to first start with the videos and then we'll take it to you know a few other things. So inshallah, my, my goal is eventually, inshallah, if I translate very well for him and I do the khidmah and yeah. you know, Inshallah, I'll be able to get to recite to him one day. Inshallah, that, that, that's my goal. That that um, uh, I don't, you probably know him, uh, Ustad Jamal Abdi Nasser from from the UK. Mm. Um, so he, at one point, um, he like you know sat in the gathering of Sheikh Ayman Nursi Swaid, and like you know, that encounter like. It was it just like just watching it as an outsider, like from a video, it seemed very intimidating, right? Uh, you know, subhanAllah. And then just like the because like, you know, people call him like the modern day Imam al-Jazari, right? Yes, so, yes. And, and true. Yeah. And uh, the amount of work, especially with uh, the book, it's called Tajweed al-Musawwar, meaning like the the pictures and it's like a, no. it's, it's a Tajweed book with pictures yeah. and with recordings. Yeah, um, and I think I'll cut my camera on real quick just to show you. Now only you can see this, but this is just yeah. for you. I know I know the listeners won't be able to see, but what yeah. I have in my hand is a copy of Tajweed, the English one, the, the Arabic one is in my closet. But this is the yeah. one they asked me to to edit for them. And if you can see at the bottom is my notes, the sticky notes with, with the edits. Yeah, they yeah. free copy and asked me to edit it. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> you have to, you have to, you have to tell me once you do that because I also have that copy. Yeah, and this yeah. is everywhere. Every my whole everything yeah, is just all of, I know, I know. <laughs> For those who can't see, I just pulled out all of my books that's just on the yeah. side of my my workstation. Alhamdulillah. That's uh, that's great. So I think with um with with that entire publication, so. This comes into the like the concept of preservation through talaqi. And talaqi is like, you know, you, yeah. you take from a teacher and you take from their teacher and you take from... And it's a tradition. So yeah. um, there's also honor that comes with that. So if you could touch upon it, because I know I've seen I've seen you a little bit of like a post about like uh, the ilm of dabt and rasam and these type of yeah. things. So what is that? What does that go into? Because I've also, you know, been kind of out, out of that, you know? So what we'll do is we'll break it into into three parts. Hmm. We'll speak about um, first talaqi al-Qur'an, which is something I'm very shadid in. Um, the reason I'm shadid, my teachers are shadid. Uh, then we'll speak about al-Murasmin, then we'll speak about al-Mudad. So Dr. Ayman actually has a, Quran, uh, uh, a book, which I'm hoping to translate, because I think it needs to be translated for uh, Western audiences, which is called al-Mutalaqi uh, al-Qur'an. So the, the science of uh, receiving the Quran or preserving the, I, I, pre I prefer to translate it as the 
science of preserving the exact pronunciation of the Quran, because that's what Talaqi is, Aslan. And he originally, and the, the, the root of it is to, reserve, to preserve the, the exact pronunciation of the Quran. Now, Talaqi of Quran started when the angel Jibreel came to the messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And he, this is, this, what we're about to talk about is what's called Arad Wasana. So Arad is to present and Asami is to, to listen. So the angel Jibril would present the Quran to the Messenger of Allah, reciting the Quran. Then the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would listen to the Quran and then in turn recite the Quran back to the angel Jibril, right? This is the lesson for, for all of the, the, the Muslims in the nation of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Then in turn, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would recite the Quran to the Sahaba, radiallahu ta'ala anhum, and they would take the Quran directly from the mouth of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. This doesn't mean that all of the Sahaba took directly from the Messenger of Allah. They heard the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam recite the Quran. Those who prayed in Masjid Nabawi, but it doesn't mean that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam recited the Quran to them, and they recited the Quran back. There were only a select few of the Sahaba, and those Sahaba then went and taught the the other Sahaba, and then they in turn taught. Yani the tabi'een and the tabi tabi'een and the a'imah, the imams of the ummah up until this day. So for example, I was just giving um, an example to some of the brothers and sisters in the Dar al-Qur'an group. And we were, we're just reading through biographies and we touched on this subject. And just a very simple thing, a mistake that I made. And this is, alhamdulillah, my teacher is Sheikh Bashar. If everyone can make dua for him, Sheikh Bashar is at Dimashki. He's a student of uh, Abu al-Hasan al-Qurdi. So I'm just reciting, uh, and I said, Masjidin. He said, stop. He basically said, repeat it. And I couldn't understand what I was doing. He said, you're preparing. Just his knowledge of talaqi al-Quran, receiving the Quran. He said, you're preparing to recite the gene without pausing on the scene. Masjidin. And I subhanallah. Just shame, but see something as simple as that, because as an American, we're not going to catch every single thing, every single harf, you know? So, but just his knowledge of knowing exactly what mistake I made, number one, and why I was making that mistake. He said, just pause on the scene just a little bit longer, and then yeah, don't prepare the gene. Just, you know, it'll take some practice. But alhamdulillah, we fixed the mistake. That's al-mutalaki. That's receiving the Quran from a man who has received the Quran all the way back to the Prophet That's And um, unfortunately in America, one of the things that I've seen is that we have a lot of hufaz, but they don't have ijazah, right? Uh, unfortunately, what I would like to do um, when, I, when I complete my studies is we have to, even if it's just reading the Quran from the Mus'haf, but getting, getting the barakah of connecting people to the Prophet mm. Going from Al-Fatiha to Surah Al-Nas, yani studying the, the, the rules of Tajweed, and making sure that every, every person in your family, that you have at least two or three people who have ijazah in the Quran. This should be a must for American Muslims. Yani, and then, you know, we can get into the, the hafad, yani, people memorizing the Quran and so on and so forth. So that's talaqi. Yani, um, then ilmu rasmi al-mushaf. Uh, I'm taking a class currently on ilmu rasmi uh, with a sheikh from Egypt. And inshallah, once this lockdown is over, I was supposed to start classes with Sheikh Abdurrahman Mardini. So for those who don't know, Sheikh Abdurrahman, sheikh Abdurrahman Mardini is one of the biggest scholars of Quranic recitation. He's, yani, he has his PhD in Qiraat. Yani, literally, he has his PhD in Qiraat. Uh -huh. 
and uh, we were going to study some Enmo Rasmi, um, but the lockdown started, and I think uh, right now in Damascus, they're on lockdown as well. So we're just waiting for this and we'll start. But Enmo uh, Rasmi and Mus'haf is the preservation. So the Quran was revealed in two ways. The Quran was revealed, or excuse me, let me say this. The Quran was preserved, not revealed. The Quran was preserved in two ways. It was preserved yani, in the oral tradition that the Prophet will recite to the companions, and then they will recite back to him and then take it and spread the, the recitation to the other uh, Sahaba, radiallahu ta'ala anhum ajma'in. But then also when the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, received revelation, he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, would call, excuse me, he would, I'm mixing up Arabic and English, he, he would call, he would call for his companions to come and write the revelation down. And then he would have them read it back to him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If there were any mistakes, he would fix it immediately. Right? So this was the beginning of the preservation of the Quran in written form. So Ilmu Rasmi starts after, if, if I go into the, 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 the Khulafat, it's, gonna, we're gonna, it's basically a daughter. So it's going to jump to Uthman bin Affan, radiallahu ta'ala anhum. And inshallah, I'm translating a book on Tariq al-Mushaf, inshallah, which Sheikh Ahmed Sal al-Azhari is going to oversee the translation and, you know, add footnotes to make sure everything is neat and neat and 100% on point. So when Uthman radiallahu ta'ala anhu, when he decided to preserve the Musaf because the, the different battles that the Muslims were going through, we were losing a lot of Hufbal, he said, okay, so Abu Bakr Sadiq had Suhuf. The, the, the difference between the Suhuf, all right, and the Musaf is what Abu Bakr Sadiq collected. It's just, he collected the Quran from the different Sahaba. Right, and he put it in one stack of paper, paper on top of paper on top of paper, without any bond, without any binding. However, it wasn't organized. It wasn't muratib, yani. It wasn't surah al-Fatiha, surah al-Baqarah, surah Ali Imran. It wasn't mushwahakada. It wasn't like that. It just was, you know, all over. When I, when we say all over the place, just It wasn't organized, right? What Uthman did is he came and he said, okay, we need to preserve this because Islam is now entering into territories. In which these people they don't speak they don't speak the, the language of the Arabs and on top of that yani they don't and they haven't memorized the Quran how we've met how we've memorized the Quran in a way where our children have memorized the Quran we need to preserve it so what is he gathered the Sahaba a group of the Sahaba and he codified the 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 the, the, the Mus'haf basically right and it's a whole science that yani I, I really suggest that we don't, and the thing is, we don't have anything in English. So my job right now, and Dr. Amos stuff comes first, but whenever I get a chance outside of translating his talks, uh, translating things on Ilmo Rasmi, excuse me, and um, working on uh, the Tariq al-Musaf with Dr. Washaykh Ahmed Sal al-Asari. So Ilmo Rasmi is basically studying the, the way that the Quran was preserved and preserving the differences in the, in the masahib. Now, this was something that someone had asked me uh, when I did the um, I did the class with Dr. Shadi, but I, I wasn't 100% sure on the answer, so I'll answer it now for anyone who may have watched it and, and may have um, they didn't receive the answer. I messaged the brother privately, but um, so he asked me, how is it that in some masahib you might have the word huwa, and in other masahib you may not, right? So when Uthman, yani when 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 Uthman, radiallahu anhu, when he wrote the the, the masahib, right? There's a difference of opinion on how many masahib. Some say five, some say six, some say seven. 
And he had a shay, let's just say five, right? He wrote five months, he, he had the Sahaba copy five Masahib. Yani, the ulama are of the opinion that each of the Masahib, they vary in, for example, one Mus'haf, the, the ayat of Surah Al-Baqarah, it may say, وَصَابِحَا and then another Mus'haf that he sent maybe to, to Sham, so that Mus'haf was sent to Mecca, وَصَابِحَا and then another Mus'haf that he sent to Sham, it just says, وَصَابِحَا uh, and the other one, صَابِحَا for him. So the one just, it just is just a, a wow. Is missing, but it doesn't change the actual meaning. You know what I'm saying? So that that's a whole nother story for a whole nother uh, day, right? Because we don't spend too much time on that. But they, all of the masahib varied, and some very subtle differences. And Iman and, and what Uthman did, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, is that not only did he send masahib, but he didn't just send one qari of the Quran. He sent a jama'ah of Quran. Yani, with the Mus'ahib to teach the people. And when you study the way that the Mus'ahib was preserved up until, yani, I would say maybe third century, maybe even after that, yani, we, we would say, but especially third, fourth century, it wasn't the, it was the, that it was the habit of the people that if you, for example, if you went to go recite to, if you went to, you traveled to Medina to recite to Imam Nafia, you not only did a khatun tilawatin, you also did a khatul maktubin, that you also write a khat, you wrote a khatul of Quran and showed him the khat, you presented to him the khatul of Quran multiple times, the same amount of times that you did a recitation of Quran to him. And then you took that mushaf to your people, yani, the same way you had ijazah in tilawa, you have an ijazah in the rasm of the mushaf. This is 100% in the books, it's documented in all the books of rasm al mushaf. And a book that I suggest if you know Arabic, it's a very beautiful book uh, published by Mahar al-Shafabi and the fawa'id, the, the, the benefits, you, you can't count. You know, it's, 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 if I, I could just go a whole list on Ilm al-Rasmi al-Mus'haf, it's, it's very, very important for you. So that's Ilm al-Rasmi, just of it. I can't go into too much because it's a podcast, not a doc. Exactly. So, nah, no right? problem. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> then you have uh, Ilm al-Dabd al so Al-Mudab al-Mushaf is the science of basically putting the dots in the Mushaf, right? So for someone who's listening, they don't know what, you know, Dabd is, basically putting the dots in the Mushaf. And this is, was in, in, in two stages. The first was Naqtul um, Arabi. So what is Naqtul Arabi? Naqtul Arabi is for the Harakat, for the Fatha Doma Kasra, right? Why did they do that? They did this so that people who were non-Arab speakers wouldn't make mistakes in reciting the Quran. So for example, if it was a fatha, they would put a dot, a red dot on top of the letter. If it was a dhumma, it was a dot uh, on the side of the letter. And if it was a kasra, under the letter. And if it was a tanween, yani, they would put two dots. That's how it began. And then yani, over time it evolved and then they began to add the 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 the, the, the nuk for the ta, the kha, the da, and all these, because Islam was spreading to places where people had no idea what they were looking at. They couldn't tell the difference between tafta ba'amun for him. So they they put this here as a preservation for of the Quran, and that's al-mudabb al-mushaf. And in different areas, and it's different of opinion, yani according to the to the scholars, and that's why it's important to study. But one thing we need to revive in the West, which, yani when I started studying Quran, I was wondering, okay, 
This is the most important science. We have so many fuqaha, we have so many muhaddithin. Alhamdulillah, we have the, the ahlul tasawwuf. And where are the Qur'an, the people who know this science like the back of their hand, right? And alhamdulillah, that's one of the reasons why I take it so seriously because we need to yani, have lecture after lecture on this because yeah, it might be boring, but people are leaving Islam because they don't know this stuff. And I think that it's really important that our children know the history of the book in which they're carrying. That's really one of the strongest points we have against the, the, the Christians is that they can, you know, I've seen these videos, which I, I try my hardest not to even um, address about mm -hmm. four, it's 10 Mus'haf or more, seven Mus'haf or seven different Qur'ans or something like that. And it's like, but we can tell you exactly why it's, yani, what was saw behind, what saw behind. You understand what I'm saying? Mm. Like we can tell you why. We can tell you exactly all of it. Why is it Maliki Yomadin and Maliki Yomadin? Who is it attributed to? Why is it like this? Is there a difference? Yeah, and we can tell you all these different things. But the Nasara, the Christians, they can't tell you these things about their 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 book. Yeah, and we know every single detail about our book. And I think this is one of the reasons why we need to just revive the science. And Allah knows best. No, 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 no. That was that was that was really so amazing. I was mesmerized. Like if you saw my face, I was just like, like you know, one of those just kids in a candy shop kind of situations. I really love that topic. It's one of my. It's it's like that is how I see it. Like I definitely like, especially being you know here and you know and and obviously like not everyone has the ability to like, you know, go travel and, and you know, they no, have, no, you know no. that's education over here. And then, you know, they want work and jobs and everything. So, you know, obviously everybody wants to do their own level of Quran and that's amazing. No, but no. I think, um, and then like, I've also spoken with Dr. Shadi about this as well. And he definitely like, he likes the ideas about when we need, um, like more people that are doing, you know, courses on Tajweed and, and preservation of Quran, and not just that, but the the entire science of going up to the Qiraat, right? Not even uh, just Qiraat. Before that, and I loved um, that uh, Google Docs. I think you made it. The one um, where it's like the, the levels of where you should go, uh, the journey of the Qur'an. No, no. The trend, Allah Muhammad, the curriculum, the Qur'an, the curriculum. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. I translated. I translated it a while back when I was in Tareem, and I was just like, "Khalas, I need to get this out." And alhamdulillah, one of the students in Darul Qur'an was like, "Let us fix it up for you," and got it on the Google Docs for me. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, I'm alhamdulillah. Happy that you benefited from it. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I've really benefited from it. I've actually sent it to a few brothers as well, and and it really put into perspective um, the 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 entire path, right? Because mm -hmm. like from from a tilmid, uh, you could say to mm -hmm. a muqri, right? The entire yeah. path, right? Yeah. Um, and, and it's all given to you, but like, how much are you willing to work for it? And I think yes. one of my friends, yeah, one of my friends was uh, Uzair, one of my really good friends. He um, he puts his, he, he also actually, um, he teaches uh, occasionally um, uh, a class on preservation of Quran. And what he says is that this science, this knowledge is, is literally all you need to preserve your deen and to defend your deen. Right. Hmm. And and um, and I think that uh, especially with this uh, idea of um, learning the Quran and he says that a hafiz of the Quran 
You cannot become a hafiz until you've cried for the Quran. You've cried for wanting it that you've wanted the Quran that bad. No, 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 I agree. Subhanallah. And, and specifically, like one time, I know that I was on Surah Muhammad, uh, and I was on that surah that I was. It was such a bad lesson. Like I like especially because like you know I'm in the middle of the hift, alhamdulillah, but it's it's um that lesson i just remember that it went so bad and like i was messing up and like i just i i felt so unworthy and just it, it like you know that level of um then what happens when you're on that journey is shaitan comes to you and he's like hey you're not good enough what are you doing Stop. No. yeah 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 subhanallah you gotta have positive thoughts on this path bro you have to you know you get it's like a I remember when I first came to Beirut, one of the first things that Sheikh Bashar told me, he says that, you know, Shaitan will never leave you while you're on this path, ever. When you want to memorize Quran, Shaitan will attack you, like left and right. You wake up and he'll just start, he'll just start coming to you. You know, maybe you shouldn't memorize Quran today, take a rest today, you did enough yesterday, you know, it's just subhanAllah, he works, bro. Yeah, and I think uh, it's happened a few times where, like, I, um... It's kind of weird where like you get that thought and then I kind of catch him. I'm like, that wasn't me. I was like, there's no, way. Yeah, I was like, there's no, that, there's no way that was me. And then I just I push harder and I'm like, nope, nope, nope. You know, um, and, and, you know, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq to continue pushing, you know, because, uh, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned the Quran that in that one conversation that um, shaitan says he's going to sit on the Surat al-Mustaqeem. Uh, and uh, this this Surat al-Mustaqim, it's it's. Dr. Shadi told me that you know it's uphill, like it's gonna get consistently harder. No, subhanallah. And the more you go with this road, that the more you're gonna want to quit, but the more you cannot quit. No, the more rewarding it is, and the more subhanallah, yes, it's ajib because it's so beneficial to be to to know and love the Qur'an. It's a hadith that says that um, the one who loves the Qur'an, then know that, it's, it's, uh, Shaykh Sarajuddin al-Husseini mentions it in one of his books, uh, Fadda' al-Qur'an. He says that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that, know that the one who loves the Qur'an, that Allah and his Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam loves that person. So of course shaitan doesn't want that. He wants you to hate the Qur'an, to be far away from the Qur'an, not think about the Qur'an. So if you're a person who has a deep love and desire for learning the Qur'an, teaching the Qur'an constantly, you just, all you can do is think about the Qur'an. He doesn't want that, you know? I think um, a good example of um, how shaitan can even, he can use this to mm. make you fall. Like, like why? Because I remember one time I was planning Mm. And and this is this is the thing, right? You plan, mm. but you don't act on your plans, right? Why? Because mm. you waste your time planning. No, no, think, no. You think I'm gonna do so much? I'm gonna do this, 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 and you make a calendar so much, so 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 so. And that's why I used to be a calendar freak. I used to be like, oh, I'm gonna do this, 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 and like it. And it happened like that. My calendar just kind of shattered. Why? Because uh, it was the planning process that got to me, and I realized I was like, hey. Why don't I spend more time doing the act rather than planning for that? No, 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 subhanAllah. Yeah. Habibi, I'm listening. Yeah, subhanAllah. And um, 
I think uh, a good um, thing that I watched that uh, I think it was on your YouTube. Uh, I believe it's your YouTube, the Dar al Qurra, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, so you you said some uh, fadail, and there's obviously so many fadail of every surah, but specifically Surah Al An'am, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, that got me, and and I think it's a benefit that we can share. Mashallah, mm. you remember it. So I, I may not, I may not be continuously like I, I, I liked how you presented it. So that's why. Subhanallah, I don't, I can't off top of the head, bro. I can't so, even think of it. So Surah Al An'am, that it no. was, it was revealed in one night. So right? no, no, no. So the. I believe like just and and I believe the Prophet used to recite it in one night as well. No, 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 on certain occasions, so, no. Yeah. So, what is like, uh, what is the fadail of reciting certain surahs, and and how? Okay, some people say, how is it possible to do a khatam? Because uh, because I've I've heard a khatam being done within. Mm. I've, now I've seen like seven and a half hours. And and that's that's insane, Allah yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, if you're doing hadr and, and just all this stuff, so uh, also, it's in terms of khatam. The uh, Imam Abu Hanifa he had the karama that he would be able to do a khatam between Allah oh, and no, Asr. No, 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 no. Um. So so how does someone, especially going into Ramadan now, no. how does someone prepare for maybe a khatam for their first time in Ramadan? I would say that start now. Start. Um, don't think about it. Just do it. Don't think. Like, here's the thing, right? What's always going to intimidate people is how am I going to read 20 pages a night? Just do it. We do it. Listen, we read so much Quran and Tareem behind Habib Ahmad that we complete the Quran by the 17th of Ramadan. By the 17th, right? So it's people who complete two khatams of Qur'an during Ramadan. You can do it. It's just, first thing, ask Allah, right? Don't, don't, don't forget to ask Allah. Start asking Allah now to give you that, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you with that. Because that's a ni'mah. That's a huge ni'mah to complete the khatam of Qur'an. There's a, a, a thought of uh, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu, where he says that, man khatam al Qur'an, lahu du'a mustajab. That the one who completes a, a complete recitation of the Qur'an, for him is a du'a that is guaranteed to be answered. Right? So, just think about that. That you get a du'a that is guaranteed to be answered during the month of Ramadan, right? So, pace yourself. If you fall short, try to make it up during the day. If you miss it during the day, try to make it up at night. But start now. Start saying, okay, I'm going to read. The more you do something, the easier it gets. A lot of students ask me, they say, how much should I review? My teachers always told me, three, three Jews of Quran. Of course, in the beginning, you don't start with three Jews of Quran. You start with five pages, right? 10 pages, 15 pages. 20 pages and then khalas shayin for shayin step by step you you so three pages is nothing i'm excuse me three three jews of quran is nothing you can get it done and especially if you have this the the, the suwar you know it good alhamdulillah it, it, it'll go really really fast so if you start now saying okay i'm gonna read five pages and i'm looking at the mushaf three pages start at three pages and you just start and then every day you just keep doing it within I would say uh, two months, you'll, you'll flow through the Quran. 
Try, and that's the barakah of the Quran is that the more you give yourself to the Quran, the more the Quran, you'll just, like the ajaib that you'll see, that Allah will see, Allah will start teaching you how to recite the Quran and memorize the Quran. Or I'm telling you that like you'll see things opening up for you in the Quran that if you told people, they would think you were lying, right? So, I mean, I have friends who said like one day, like he was deep into his hibbit, he just looked at a page and Colossus was memorized. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. These things happen all the time. It's not, you know, it's, 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 it's normal. It's just, you know, we have to give ourselves to the Quran and we have to turn our backs to the dunya and say, this is what I'm doing. And as Dr. Amos Wade mentioned in one of his talks, he says that the one who dedicates himself to the Quran, so I've never seen anyone dedicate themselves to the Quran, except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took care of all of their needs. Mm, right now you're with the attentions of okay everyone has to work but it takes a few minutes to read three pages of quran you could do it on your lunch break just stay off the social media pop open the mushaf khalas you can get it done mm -hmm. i think so at least allah knows best yeah subhanallah so that that's uh that's a really beautiful uh uh we can take so much benefit from that and uh, I know I'm conscious on time as well. Um, no, no so, no, uh, so much for being here, Stad. Um, I think there's a lot of benefit that we can take, especially there's um, Ramadan coming up, right? No, no. The Quran. We ask no. Allah to make us see this Ramadan and many Ramadans no, no. in the future as well. Um, you know, I ask Allah to put barakah in the work that you do as well. And, and, the, and, and the the translations that you're trying to do it's a really big no. job but i know that you're very dedicated no, uh, no and and you know may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put barakah in you and, and the quwa to do this um and just to mention um speaking of translations uh hosuri's book um with the quran will be done yeah i mean we'll, any day i'm just waiting for the phone call like halas is up it's, you know what i'm saying so our goal is to have it ready a few weeks or at least a few months before Ramadan to help people prepare for Ramadan. So with the Quran is a book uh, we translated from Sheikh, Sheikh Mahmoud Khadim Husri, and it's a book that goes from everything from the virtues of listening to the Quran, to reciting the Quran, to memorizing the Quran, to he talks about the seven ahruf, reciting in maqamat. It's just a book that you need this Ramadan. And I'm not, I'm, I literally, when I got the book, I couldn't put it down. I mean, I literally, I've read it so many times. It's a beautiful book. And, you know, inshallah, that, that, that should be coming out within the next, uh, let's just, you know, give or take a few, few, it'll be ready before Ramadan, khalas. It'll be available, inshallah. And you guys could just follow my Twitter for updates or the Shimmer and Light uh, for, for updates, inshallah. But definitely look forward to that book, inshallah. Yeah, yeah, no, when I, when you do, you know, whenever it does, I'm going to, you know, you should send me the link. I'll just link it down here and we'll promote it, inshallah. The, so in Arabic, what is it called? Ma'al Qur'an. Ma'al Qur'an, inshallah. That's beautiful. I think it's, uh, it's a very good book that we can all, you know, kind of keep close to us as well. Uh, because nowadays we see a lot of people you know, getting gung-ho, uh, and I was among those, to try and just jump to everything in the future, but never focus on, you know, the Qur'an and the basis, just the small basics, man, you know? No, no, no. So, and I think this is the foundation of us and the foundation of our deen that we need that, and I think, uh, you know, inshallah, whenever you're, you know, obviously no one's ever done with their studies, but whenever you are, feel, <laughs> you feel like you have done 
you know, a little more. I think you're already done. I want you to come back. <laughs> Inshallah, Inshallah. In a few years, whenever Habib Omar says, Khalas, go. But the other thing is, I have three sons studying in Tareem right now. I just spoke with them the other night. And um, mashallah, that's who we're really waiting for. I'm nothing, alhamdulillah. I'm nothing. Yeah. Man. It's oh, these three guys. Um, is Ajib, they, they called me and they were like, Dad, Habib Ali, Habib Ali Abu Bakr is walking by. And I was like, Tell him I give him my salams. You know, he got on the phone, he just made all of this dua, and mashallah it was beautiful. So, you know, I had three sons studying. So that's who we're, you know, because mashallah, they have the adab, the akhlaq. They've been in, they basically were raised in terrain, you know. So, alhamdulillah, they lived in uh, the house with Habib Ali Abu Bakr, and mm. Habib knows who they are, and mashallah, those are the that, guys we're really waiting for. We're, we're waiting for the huge come up, inshallah, inshallah. Inshallah. It's going to be amazing. Uh, and so Jazakallah khair so much for coming and oh, I, yeah, I yeah. really really love that you know you took out time and especially so quickly Jazakallah khair um, yeah, you know Allah bless you put on your work and with that if there's you know anything that you know anybody took offense we I ask for forgiveness but inshallah there's only benefit to take and yeah. we make dua for everyone who is you know uh, sick or anything may Allah subhanahu give them shifa uh, and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to put barakah in us and to give us the longevity to attain Ramadan and to get the barakah out of Ramadan and the Quran. InshaAllah. And with that, As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.